The show starts in three, two, one. There goes that man's jockstrap. <laughs> oh my God, did you see that? <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh, baby, it's a big day in sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this year. Huge move for him. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast. The In a League of Their Own podcast is brought to you by Golf Kicks. Screw your shoes. Buy Canadips. Rep Sports. Buy Smooth My Balls. And buy Streamer Loot. Check out the In the League of Their Own merch line today. Welcome to the show. Let's see what Austin and Colin are diving into today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 71 of the In the League of Their Own podcast. Kicking things off today with our number 71 sports fact. 71 years ago in the year 1950, the Cleveland Browns would win the NFL championship in their first year, a part of the league. The Browns defeated the L.A. Rams by a score of 30 to 28 in a game led by the great Otto Graham, who went 22 of 33 passing for four touchdowns and led the team for 99 rushing yards. So um, crazy to think that they've been around for that long and they still haven't won technically a Super Bowl, but um, they have NFL championships kind of like, well, with the Packers too, 13 time world champions, but they only have a couple Super Bowls. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Was that their first one? Uh, yeah. It, they were was that the, their last one? No, the last one was in 64. 64. Um, but yeah, they were in the All-America Football Conference before they came to the NFL. That was like the rival league that... It was the IFL and the AAFL, yep. That the uh, year after year, more and more teams came over, and then that league just ended up dissolving. But, but yeah, kicking things off today for today's episode then, over in the NFL, what's going on over there? So the biggest news I think coming out of the NFL is Indianapolis Colts quarterback Carson Wentz is out indefinitely with a foot injury. Uh, he injured his foot one of the last plays of Thursday's practice. Um, they're going to have him go undergo multiple different kinds of tests. And usually when you hear that, that's not a good sign. Um, obviously, they want to diagnose this thing as quick as possible and figure out what's going on here. But um, a lot of question marks now in Indianapolis as you have uh, Ellinger, the th- quarterback from Texas that came out, who's their third stringer. And then I don't even know who their second string quarterback is. I think is. it's still Ooh. Jacoby Brissett. No, they he's gone. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Uh, fuck. I'll look it up quick. Colts QB. I think it's like Bar, Bane, Bear. Carson Wentz, Jacob Eason, Jacob Sam Eason. Ellinger, and Jalen Morton. So, so yeah. So Jacob Eason, he was taking the starters reps today in practice, and Sam Ellinger now moved up to the backup role. Um, Eason did not take a snap at all in 2020. So um, it's going to be interesting to see where the Colts are now. That um, it looked like the day before Carson Wentz hit Ty. Um, T.Y. Hilton. Oh, yeah, T.Y. Hilton. I don't know why I said tie. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton, he hit him for a 70-yard uh, pass across the field, which looked great, looked like they have a good connection. And now with him uh, potentially being sidelined, this leaves this team in uh, with a lot of question marks. 
Yeah, I mean, hopefully, whatever it is, hopefully it's a break, like a bone break, because then he's out probably a month to six weeks, eight weeks. So he'd miss maybe the beginning couple weeks of the season. Um, if it's like tendons or ligaments or stuff like that, like that could be a season ending or career ending injury, especially at this point with kind of how he uh, he's dealt with injuries basically his whole career. So um, yeah, they just called it a foot injury. They haven't said anything more on it, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I forgot that they got rid of Brissette. So they're kind of in a tough spot then where they really went all in on Wentz if they didn't really have a backup plan. Yeah, a lot of people are saying um, potentially bring Dalton into the building. Um, also, Nick Foles. Um, there was a handful of other quarterbacks, vets, who the, there's been names being thrown around in the mix to, if he's out potentially long-term, to bring in a guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm sh- there's plenty of guys out there. I mean, probably half of the league has a number two, the number two quarterback on the roster could be a starter. So um, it's, it sucks that they're in this, in this situation, but there's plenty of talent out there that they'd be able to bring in to get the job done. And then speaking of injuries as well, um, heading down to Miami, Xavier Howard, who just requested a trade earlier this week, suffers an undisclosed injury. So um, no word has come out yet. As, to, as far as what that injury is, um, he's probably requested that that injury was not released himself because he requested a trade. So obviously, um, obviously he's trying to take care of it behind closed doors and get healthy. I'm sure whatever team comes calling and asks and wants him is going to want to know what that injury is and know what they're getting into. But um, yeah, as far as releasing it to the whole world, uh, they haven't done that. So Kind of interesting where he requested a trade, says he's very unhappy with the organization, and then gets injured. So now a day later, yeah, it makes me think that this whole thing he's this has me thinking on the outside that he's faking an injury and doesn't want to decrease his value, put any more miles on himself until he's on a team that he seems fit. So, him and his agent could have stirred this whole thing up with an undisclosed, you know, you can't tell someone that they're not hurt. You know, you're yeah. not them. So this could be a, a power move on that part. Pulling our Martellus Bennett or uh Martellus Bennett when he was on the Packers, said he was hurt. And Packers, the Patriots, yeah, cut him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it could be a power move. On, and I guess we won't know until it's all said and done. But, um, and then one more injury, I guess, to talk about. Um, Seems like seems the least uh, to worry about, though, is Dak Prescott um, is dealing with some mus- a muscle strain in his shoulder. And McCarthy says that he won't throw for a few days um, is what he said in the presser yesterday. So um, I'm sure this is all just he hasn't taken reps. And I mean, I think it was like week four, five, six, somewhere in there when he suffered his ankle injury last year. So he's coming up on a full year. And even training camp doesn't get you full re- full game reps, that full feel. So I'm sure it's just his body trying to catch back up and get used to um, the throwing motions, the rolling out, taking the hits, stuff like that, which I know they're not in pads, so they wouldn't, he wouldn't have taken a hit. But, um, yeah, McCarthy and Jerry Jones both talked on it. didn't seem like they were too interested, but they're being or too worried. But they're very cautious moving forward, obviously, having their QB1 back, just bringing him back to a big deal and, 
obviously being America's team, having high expectations for this year. Yes, I almost think this injury is more sketchy and worse for Dak Prescott rather than Carson Wentz just because of the fact this is a non-contact injury in your throwing shoulder. So does this mean Tommy John? Does this mean who knows what could be going on in your shoulder? I mean, there's so many muscles and things going on where this could easily as well be another season missed because he's going to have to have surgery or something where it could be a season ending injury. Um, Him not throwing, I also think is is a big sign that this is something a little bit more to be concerned about than just uh, she's going to ice it and stay. They're not letting him do anything. So clearly they're, they're worried, obviously to the press and the media, they're not going to make a big deal out of it because they don't want the whole world to be focused on this injury. But I almost see this as a bigger impacted injury than Carson once on the Colts just due to you just signed him to a big deal high expectations for the Cowboys this season as always and then him earlier saying how he almost feels better than he's ever felt before and then now boom injury so um it's going to be interesting to see what happens to that team as well I know there's going to be a handful of guys who sat out last year from COVID and other people who have had injuries who are coming back that's always one thing that you'd like to see everybody come back fully successful, but um, you roll the dice with every single injury that you take and you really never know when your body says this is enough. Yeah. And very similar to the cold situation, the Cowboys went all in on Dak because they sent Dalton to Chicago. So number two right now, I think is Ben DiNucci who did see, did see the field last year because Dalton was dealing with some injuries. Terrible. Yeah, he was yeah. He's not an NFL quarterback. No, he's he's got a lot of developing to do yet. Um so yeah, hopefully Dak's back. Um health. I mean, as much as I always give the Cowboys shit and hate the Cowboys, you always like to see success for individual players, especially when they're trying to make a comeback year. So. Yeah, and you don't want to see a young guy too who's got so much potential yeah. for their career to be over. Exactly. Um I have one more point to throw out there, but I'll throw it over to you. What other uh, points you got in the NFL? Um, just that Aaron Rodgers signed his rework deal with the Green Bay Packers last night at like, I think it was like 10 o'clock that I got the update on my phone. It was released this morning around nine, around like eight 30. Um, basically 2023 20, year is voidable up to seven days prior to the beginning of the season. So basically they cut bait with his last year of his contract mm-hmm. He is under contract for this season and next season with the Green Bay Packers. The cap hit this season was like 26 million and next season it's like goes up to 41, but they also worked out something in the deal where if they do trade him or he does not want to be here next off season, the cap hit reduces to like $17 million or 18 million. So it saves the Packers a lot of money. Um, if he were to want to leave and whatever. And then there was more news that came out uh, today as well. Um, first Bakhtiari getting him in the Aston Martin golf cart. That was pretty cool. All yeah. customized. That thing is pretty awesome with the license plate on it and everything too. So going to see him probably strolling around that thing in green Bay. I wouldn't doubt it. And then on the news of like how he in the press conference, he stated how he was surprised that the Packers actually didn't pull the trigger and get rid of him or whatever. The team that was, that did make phone calls, you know how it was all speculative that the 49ers were in talks. 
came out today that it was true. The San Francisco 49ers did full on make a request trade for to the Packers and the Packers refused it. It was like Jimmy Garoppolo, a defensive player and like three picks. Yeah, I mean, that's I feel like that's the one team that I mean, that's his home. He's from Chico, California, grew up a 49ers fan. Um, So I feel like that's the one spot that the 49ers want him back and Rodgers wants to go there. So I could see um, I mean, yeah, they just they just drafted Trey Lance. So it's kind of, I mean, you're not going to do it now. You're not going to do it now unless Jimmy G gets traded or hurt. Trey Lance takes the field and he's got awful to where they want to, instead of de- try to redevelop him or figure out the situation, go out and get a different quarterback to come in and win. That would be literally the only situation which I don't see happening at all, especially um, just with the updates from 49ers camp. Trey Lance has been um, throwing dots. Um, Debo Samuel and Kittle seem to be his two targets that he likes to go to that he's got that chemistry built down with them already. And um, Trey Lance talking about his relationship with Jimmy Garoppolo as well. Reporter asked him if it was an awkward situation. He said it's not awkward at all. Jimmy G's become one of his best friends on the team um, as far as picking his brain, hanging out outside practice, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, great to see the 49ers organization after making a Super Bowl appearance having their one-year lull, seems like they're kind of getting back on the winning track, at least. Well, and then they went through the, everything with Kaepernick, too. That kind of hit their team pretty mm-hmm. hard, you know, when they're in the media every single day about that. That's tough to deal with. And then with Jimmy G, too, it's interesting. Um, a lot of people are speculating he will be the quarter. You know, he's a great quarterback when he's healthy. I think his regular season record was like 28-6, and six, so he's very good in the when he's healthy. But that's why Shanahan continued to say is about Jimmy G is like, yeah, he's our guy. He's whatever, as long as he's healthy, because that's the big, that's the big question mark surrounding him. He's a great quarterback. He learned under the best, the goat, Tom Brady. So clearly the guy can play. It is if he's healthy or not. And then the interesting thing with his contract this season, if he's on the roster, um, playing i think it's after week eight he gets an additional 24 million dollars from the the 49ers so it's going to be interesting to see if they choose to cut bait with him before that week eight number a lot of people are speculating myself included if they're doing well if they're doing well they're going to stick with them and they're going to keep with them for as long as they can you know and kind of have the Favre rogers tandem where rogers sat under him for a handful of years to learn and all that. And look how good he was when he came into the league. You don't want to have a rookie come in too early and then, you know, their confidence and everything goes downhill. So I feel like as long as he can stay healthy, they have a one, two tandem. That's going to be around for, I could see this being a next great type of dynasty in quarterbacks um, out in San Francisco. Yeah, I agree. And kind of going back to that 24 million after week eight, I know there's a lot of um, NFL analysts. I think even like Vegas has odds on it of like week four, week five is when Trey Lance is going to see the field first. Cause I, if I remember correctly, the 49ers have a really tough schedule to start the season. So if they start one and four, one and five, two and four, something along those lines, they're talking about that's where Trey Lance might start to see the field. And I didn't even know about the 24 million until you just mentioned it today. I'm sure that's going to play a big part in it to where 
obviously the 49ers, so long as Jimmy G is giving them success, they'll dish out that 24 million all day. But if they're on the fence or he's fighting an injury or not playing well, obviously they're going to get rid of him in a heartbeat because that 24 million, heck, you could get a handful of players to $24 million. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting come halfway through the season um, how the 49ers are looking and what Jimmy G's situation is going to look like. Yeah, that $24 million isn't affecting the cap since it is a bonus, but still, the organization still is going to have to dish out that money, and that is a lot of money. Um, I, I still think that Jimmy G's kind of their ride-or-die guy, and they're going to stick with him until – like I said, I'm, I, I believe that they're going to stick with him until the wheels fall off, until he either has his career-ending injury or he goes, like, 0-8. Like, playing tough teams, you you can't, you know, as a quarterback, it's not all on you, you know. It's, as much as a lot of people like to put it on the quarterback is it's your fault, there's still 10 other guys out there on the field with you at the same time. So, it's a team game. It's not just one guy, and I really feel like – for as much as they talk about him, like they love his character and love him as a person. I, I don't see them, you know, going behind his back and stabbing him in the back. If they're going to get rid of him somewhere, I, I think it's going to be a place that he wants to go, you know, kind of like <laughs> with the Rogers situation in green Bay. Now that they've kind of worked out the little bits of here and there where everybody thought that the contract, you know, that he was going to sign the contract the day that he came back Looks like that interview uh, did a lot of pressing to get that, you know, a lot of things done almost. And it seems like the culture is potentially changing. And um, I guess we'll see what happens here. I don't know if your last point was on on the Packers. Yeah, it, I just had some details about, um, again, with – uh, part of his deal, again, they're voiding his 2023 years, so 2022 would be his last year on contract. Um, the Packers also are allowing Rodgers to keep his signing and roster bonuses this year despite missing OTAs and other meetings, which would have forfeited some of those bonuses, so they're letting him keep those. And then the two numbers you threw out there, um, Rodgers will make $27.5 million this year, and if he comes back next year, he'll make $46.1 million. So, um, so yeah, those are big numbers. 46.1 is a big number for the Packers to take a hit if they decide to keep him, but obviously. And then if they get rid of him, it's only half. Yeah. And then I pulled up the 49ers schedule over here where I was kind of talking about um, how they're beginning the season looks. So they start off the year with two kind of easier games against the Lions and the Eagles, but then they play the Packers, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Colts, and the Bears, which are all going to be really tough games. So that's going to be right at that week seven, week eight mark to see how they're doing. So they could start the season two and all and then go zero and five the next handful of games because they're going out of that out of the next five games. The Bears are probably well, actually the Colts now, depending on Carson Wentz situation. But um, yeah, but also being a 49ers in the division that they're in. Six of your games every year are good. Are you probably your toughest? Yeah, the games. best division in football. Yeah, and then the Packers schedule that they have is probably one of the toughest in the league. Mm-hmm. Having the AFC West or that, yeah, AFC the North. AFC is it the North? Yeah, they play the Ravens, the Steelers, and yep. the, the Browns. Browns. Yeah, so they have the two toughest divisions outside of their division that they're going to be playing. And then with the additional seventeenth game, how they're doing one versus one, they play the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. So that's another tough game. 
Um, and then I believe they play the Saints again. That's their first game. First game of the year is against the Saints. Um, so that'll be a tough game. But, but yeah, and then um, the last point I had, um, kind of going back to the Packers, is uh, how talks came up again with Devontae Adams where – Two or three days ago, the door was closed on that. They weren't coming to any anything, and it looked like he was going to be at the door. Rodgers comes back. The door reopens, and Devontae Adams comes comes out and says that he deserves to be the highest-paid player in the league. Um, the Packers agree to that, but apparently the number was not agreed upon. So it sounds like Adams might be way shooting way high, becoming the highest-paid player in the league rather than – Usually it goes up by a couple millions where if a quarterback's making 30 million a year, but being the highest paid, the next guy wants to get 31 or 32 million up that mark. So it sounds like Devontae Adams is asking multiple millions above whoever is the highest paid player right now. And the Packers said that they're not willing to fork over that kind of money. So it sounds like they got to kind of find a middle ground. Um, They said they want to make him the highest paid, but like I said, it sounds like he's shooting a little high for the number he wants. Well, and they can make him the highest paid if they want to make him the highest paid. There's two different ways of being the highest paid. One is your average, like your average yearly salary is the highest paid, or you're the highest paid with all of your bonuses mm-hmm. and all of that included. So there's two different ways that you can make this guy the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. A lot of th- a lot of speculations that I've heard um, have he, listening to Ian Rappaport and watching a couple other sports networks and inside reporters is that the number wasn't that far off. It was the years. Adams requested two more seasons because after this year, he'd be a free agent. So he wants to be the high. It was, he wanted to be the highest paid this season and next season with Rogers. Like he, he's basically matching his contract to Aaron Rodgers' contract because as everybody speculates, those two are, linked and wherever one goes the other one's going to go too so they're they're keeping their contracts really close together and hopefully you know with rogers coming back and saying what he said i i guarantee you that they get a deal done (laughs) yeah yeah i mean at least for the time being it seems like beyond the 20 or beyond this season is looking more and more hopeful every day. Pat or Rogers looks happy. He he's meshing back with his guys. It seems like for the time being, at least he's content with the front office. Obviously there's some things to figure out, but he said that his relationship with uh, Gouda Coons right now is a professional relationship. So he didn't have anything terrible to say about that relationship. So I mean, they uh, obviously they're all going to sit down and that's going to be a really intense meeting uh, following the 2021 season between him and the front office and his agent agent and all that. But um, yeah, there's 17 games between now and that conversation at plus playoffs. So we'll see what happens between now and then. Yeah. And, and as the weeks go on and we go through the season, more and more will come out about this whole situation too. So I feel like the world will be finally filled in hopefully by midway point through the middle of the season on where both sides stand almost. For sure. And yeah, that's all I had for the NFL. Um, a decent amount to unpack with kind of some injuries going on and stuff like that. Uh, jumping over to the NBA here then, a uh, 
another kind of blockbuster sports breaking world news is uh, the Lakers acquiring Russell Westbrook from the Washington Wizards, um, sending Kyle Kuzma, Montreal Harris, and uh, Cal- uh, Caldwell Pope, along with last night's twenty number 22 pick in exchange for Russell Westbrook. So now um, two of the top five all-time triple-double holders are going to be on one team together. Um, what it, what's your initial reaction of the Lakers picking up Westbrook? Don't think it's the piece they need. Um, yeah, it's going to be razzle-dazzle. It's going to be fun to watch. But as far as winning a championship, I don't think this is what the Lakers needed. Um <laughs> Was that you that put out the video of the when yeah both, yeah when they're both one assist away from a triple double they just keep passing it back and forth. <laughs> I've seen that all over the internet, and that's exactly what it's going to be. It's going to be more like Harlem Globetrotter, Harlem Globetrotter type basketball passing razzle dazzle than I don't know. I I just don't like the fit. Whatever it is, I know their odds went to second best to win the title behind the net still, but like. I really don't awesome that, you know, Russell gets to play in a huge market finally. Um, But I mean, I I just don't see how that really helps them get more W's. Yeah. um, And I kind of saw a meme. It's like, they showed a picture of the team. It's like, what can possibly stop this team? And somebody said the three point line and looking at it, that's going to be a big down part of that team is you got LeBron who's, Developed more into three-point shooting later in his career He's because decent. Um, Westbrook is Can't shoot threes for shit. Yeah, and then you got Anthony Davis, Davis who's hit or miss, and then uh, Talon uh, Horton Horton Tucker, who would be the other guard. Uh, he's kind of hit and miss, and then you have um, who's the center? Uh, well, they still have Caruso too. Um, like Gasol. He'd be the center. So, and he's not a three point shooter either. So, and the, and the NBA is turning into a three point, a high intensity three point shooting league, at least for some, for some, I mean, look at the Bucks, even the Bucks. Some teams, some teams. You look at the Bucks, the Bucks, like looking at the roster of the Bucks, you wouldn't say, oh, they're a three point shooting team. I'm pretty sure that they led the league with three point attempts this year. I don't know yeah, what they're. What about percentage? I don't know what they were. I, I know last year, last year they were like, I think they led the league in three point percentage last year. I don't know what happened this year, but yeah. Cause golden state changed the NBA. Yeah. Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, that team and those guys shooting threes made every other team go, Hey, we need one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> we need a guy that can do that. And almost every team almost has a guy who is a three point specialist. Yeah. And the, and the Lakers are one of those teams that don't right now. So they'll get one. Yeah. He ain't done. Um, yeah. Imagine that freaking, and I, I know early on uh, bringing Dame Lillard down to LA was, was kind of in talks. I don't know what they'd give up to get him. There's no yeah. way they'd have the fucking money for that. No, they wouldn't have the money nor they'd it'd literally be Le, LeBron West. Like they basically, They'd all have, have to restructure. They'd have no bench. They'd have no they, bench. <laughs> well, they'd have to restructure the because I'm pretty sure you need a number, a certain number of people on your roster. Yeah, yeah. There's a so minimum you can't number. Just you have, have, to have five, you know. So 
obviously if if they're going to make if they're going to have somebody come in there everybody's going to have to take less money cuz they're yeah. all basically on supermax contracts mm-hmm. yeah i mean obviously i'm a big fan of westbrook just kind of how he's just that four general of the game he's he does a everything player. um so obviously it was great to see him get out of washington um to I mean, yeah, they made the playoffs this year, but the Wizards haven't really been a relevant team. Though they, I mean, they got it. They got a decent amount out of the trade. Again, they had um, what were the names? They got Kyle Kuzma, who's a developing player, Montreal Harrell, uh, who's all right, and then Caldwell Pope, who's been around for a while. He has the experience, and then in addition, Bradley Beal is still there. So. Um, Honestly, I think that as weird as it is to say, I think the Wizards are going to be better after this trade because I don't know who they got last night with the 22nd pick too um, out of the draft. But um, yeah, you give up Russell Westbrook and you get a, essentially four players in return. Um, I think the Wizards got the better part of the trade in this one. I would agree with you on that. I think the Wizards won that deal as well. Yeah, you're giving up a superstar talent in Russell Westbrook, but you still have Bradley Beal there on your team. And who knows what those three pieces who are coming over can do. Mm-hmm. And they're all pretty young yet. You know, they're yeah. not dirt old. And you got the pick in the draft. I think that sets up Washington more for the future, which is kind of the position that they've been in almost is a rebuild, kind of trying to build a team here. And the, Obviously, the Lakers and LeBron getting to the end of his career, they're in win-now mode. Obviously, every team that has LeBron is in a win-now mode. And we'll see if the gamble is worth worth the risk. I I, I don't think it's going to work out. Yeah, I, I honestly don't either. I think it's I think it's going to be one of those busts that happened to where um, it's, you're putting together too much of a super team that all – have two similar play styles and everybody's going to want the ball Mm -hmm. when it's the last couple seconds of the game. Russell's known for that. That's why James Harden couldn't play with him is because the, both of those guys wanted the ball in their hands at the last shot. Mm -hmm. Well, It doesn't work out that way when everybody's calling for the ball and like on the bucks, there's two guys, three guys who get the ball and whoever's hands it's in is taking the shot. It don't matter who's it's in Middleton holiday or Giannis is taking the last shot, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And everybody's on page with that, where in this situation and every team that it seems like Russell Westbrook has been on, he's the guy who's been taking the last shot. So yeah. uh, we'll see how that works out. Yeah. And then uh, kind of briefly talking about the draft last night uh, to be expected. Cade Cunningham goes number one to the Pistons. Um, I mean, the Pistons have kind of been, uh, they were a laughing stock before, Griffin left and now they've taken even a bigger step down yet. So uh, Kate Cunningham's got some big shoes to fill as far as bringing that, uh, that team back to a winning culture. So we'll kind of see how that goes is obviously it's not going to happen in one season. They're going to have to go on and get other pieces to bring in with him as well. Um, but kind of the biggest, the, the biggest uh, draft pick that I liked last night was number nine, uh, Davian Mitchell going to the Sacramento Kings. Um, for those who remember Davian Mitchell, he was a part of the Baylor Bears uh, championship team who won it this past year, taking down uh, the perfect Gonzaga uh, to, uh, again, win the championship. And Davian Mitchell, even though he's a point guard, 
was very versatile, bigger guy, played down on the paint a lot. Um, and then last year as well, uh, Tyrese Halliburton was drafted by the Kings. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting looking at the uh, the Kings roster where they have Buddy Heald, De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and now Davian Mitchell, who are all listed as point guards. So it seems like they're kind of overloading on point guards, but also, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. I think Buddy Heal is a shooting guard technically, but um, it'll be interesting. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. Well, otherwise Davian Mitchell, how he was used kind of as a forward in some situations in Baylor, because he is kind of a bigger guy. I wonder if they beef him up, let, let kind of, put him on the right track to get bigger to where they can use him more as a forward. But I mean, again, De'Aaron Fox is a good point guard. Therese Halberton was right there for rookie of the year last year. Um, Buddy Heald is kind of hit and miss, but again, a shooting guard and you bring Davian Mitchell in. Um, I mean, obviously a great pick, but they're going to have to find a way to be able to utilize all of those guys on the floor. So either, yeah, either get you got to get rid of somebody, or somebody's going to have to move to that forward position and kind of revamp their game. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, what happens um, with you know all these rookies and all guys who really haven't gotten their feet wet in the NBA. It's moved to such a young league now, almost as every sport is. Every team's going younger, cheaper, injury-free guys who are more robot and robot as these kids are continuing to come out and dominate, basically, from the time they step on the floor. But, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, what happens here um, going forward throughout the NBA for all these teams. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I have for the NBA. Do you have anything else to add? No, I did not. Sounds good. Then have it heading over to the MLB, another league that there's been a lot going on. Um, again, there's a lot of trades that happen. I'm just going to dive into a handful here that are worth mentioning. One being uh, Anthony Rizzo goes to the Yankees. Um, kind of an interesting move there. Obviously, the Yankees, again, are one of those teams that have a shit ton of money and they can go out and get whoever they want. Um but early on, again, with talking about the Cubs getting rid of Rizzo, um, Bryant, and who else are they getting rid of? Oh, they had already gotten rid of like two other people. But the Yankees weren't really in the in the, I guess, in the conversation. They just kind of came out of nowhere and took them. So um, obviously, it's going to be a great fit. The Yankees need a need a bump. They're I think third or fourth in the division. They need um, pitching and they need home run hitting. Yeah, that's Everybody true. Everybody but Cole stinks on their team this year, and Cole's having a bad year. So, without the pitching, you ain't getting to the postseason. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um, and then probably the biggest deal of all, um, it hasn't gone through yet, although it's basically um, a done deal. They just got to figure out the details. Is the Dodgers finalizing the trade to bring Nationals pitcher Max Scher- uh, Scherzinger and Trey Turner to L.A.? Um, huge move. Um, obviously one of the best aces in the league in Scherzer, in Scherzer and Trey Young, um, still a young, um, prodigy kind of, Trey Turner. um, did I say Trey Young? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trey Turner, um, speed threat, usually a, a number one hole hitter, um, great at getting on base, 
uh, fast, good steal, uh, good at stealing bases, stuff like that. So, um, and then also Kyle Schwarber going to the Red Sox from the Nationals. So the Nationals are kind of selling out right now. I don't know what they've what they're all getting in return, whether it's a lot of draft picks or just a lot of um, a lot of young guys that they're gonna have to sort through and figure out who's gonna go on that team. But the Nationals kind of got rid of their entire um, uh, World Series winning team. A few and years they back. said so. Everyone but Juan Soto is available. And they're selling the farm just like uh, Chicago Cubs are selling the farm. Um, rumors have it that not just Schwarber um, from that world championship Chicago team will be joining the Red Sox, but it's going to be Chris Bryant and Javi Baez as well. Both of those guys are going to be going over to Boston. So hmm. obviously it's just a rumor right now, but since the Yankees went and got Rizzo, um, Boston's going to have to load up if, if they want to be, in contention as well, as you basically have teams fighting, you know, you have three teams in the NL West who are all fighting the Padres giants and the Dodgers who are basically clawing at each other for that first spot. So um, yeah, I'd have to say the biggest move, like you said, would probably be the Trey Turner Scherzer deal to the Dodgers as now that you're going to have Mookie Betts and Trey Turner leading off your lineup. So you have power and speed. Um <laughs> You could start the game off 2-0 every night. <laughs> yeah. like, those guys are incredible to watch. So that team making a push for it again. Are they going to go back to back? Yeah, and then taking a quick look at the AL East, uh, the Red Sox are still leading the division. So, um, they, I mean, obviously, like you said, they're going to have to load up because of the, the moves the Yankees are making. Um but yeah, they hold a game and a half lead over the Rays and the, the Yankees are still eight and a half games back. Um, so the Yankees got some work to do again. They are like, I'd say like 60, 65% of the way through the season. So it's still a long way to go, but, um, but yeah, the, it, it was interesting seeing all the odds of um, the Vegas lines of the Yankees winning the division, winning the division, um, going wild card winning the uh, world series all taking a big jump after getting Rizzo um and I'm I wouldn't be surprised if they're not done yet I mean the Yankees again have probably along with the Dodgers some of the most money to throw around in baseball so depending on who's available um I'm sure they're going to go out and get them and try to make a postseason run yeah um <laughs> they're going to be right there you know they're going to be right there again as They've kind of taken over the National League almost. Yeah. And the last couple of points here in the MLB is uh, U.S. baseball team for the Olympics uh, wins their first game, beating Israel 8-1. to one. Um, The Going back to kind of Nationals news, uh, Nationals infielder Starlin Castro suspended 30 games for violating MLB's domestic violence policy. Uh, reading more into the article, didn't say exactly what happened, but they said his actions led to them ha um, a punishment being addressed. So I'm sure more will come out exactly what happened, but he'll be uh, suspended 30 games without pay. And then uh, lastly, some Brewers talk. They swept the Pirates last night, moving on to a seven-game lead in the division, and they kick off their weekend series tonight in Atlanta against the Braves who again are without uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., who suffered an ACL injury. So they're kind of 
uh, depleted team over there in Atlanta. So the Brewers will look to win another series here this weekend. So, uh, yeah, again, there's a lot of other MLB trades. So if I didn't talk about your favorite team and you want to learn more about what they did for moves, um, feel free to go take a look yourself. I'm sure there's a lot going on. The Brewers, again, um, they're looking to make some moves. I know they picked up um, Eduardo S. No, Eduardo. I can't remember his last name, but they made one move a couple days ago, and they're looking to try to add um, some more onto that team as well. Obviously, they need uh, with Yelich being out with with COVID. Obviously, he'll be back in a week or two, so that's nothing to worry about. Um, Willie Adams, he he's kind of developing really well, and then uh, who's over at third base? They're looking to. Uh, let me see here. Brewers. Brewers. Yeah. Bruce third baseman. Um, not Travis Shaw. Why? He technically anyway. is our third baseman. We have a third baseman on our team who's not technically a third baseman, I think it is. Yeah, I'm trying to think who it was, but he had he's had he's had a lot of a lot of great games or a lot of um good fielding the last the last few. Oh, Luis Urias. That's who it is. Yeah. Um, he's looking to be in uh, Gold Glove contention for third base this year. Um, having a lot. Of, I mean, being a third baseman, you got those balls that come down the line, and you got to zing them accurately and with power all the way to all the way to first base. And I really, I don't, I don't know if he, how many errors he has this year, if he has any, but you see him on the highlight reel almost every night making a great play at third base. Yeah, that's what they say. The best three athletes on the field are shortstop, third base, and then center field. So, uh, yeah, it's awesome to see the Brewers rolling. Hopefully they can keep it going all the way to the postseason. Yeah. Yeah, so then with baseball wrapped up, uh, what's going on over in the hockey world? So in the hockey world, some exciting, shocking news um, coming out. Ryan Getzloff, longtime um, Anaheim Duck, he is returning to the Ducks on a one-year contract as he wants to retire. Um, this is going to be his last season in uh, Anaheim, so he's going to be doing a, like a, a farewell tour um, all season this year, everywhere that he goes and plays. Uh, I think he's played over 1,500 games in the NHL. He's been in the NHL a long time. People call him a dinosaur now, but um, – yeah, it's awesome to see that he's still kicking it and still playing in the NHL, and you've had a hell of a career. <laughs> um, Seattle Kraken added, adding to their goalie stockpile. They're signing Philip Grubauer to a six-year, $35.4 million deal. Uh, they now have three excellent goaltenders on their roster. It's going to be interesting to see what they've done. A lot of people are speculating that they did sign all three goaltenders, that they're going to get rid of one in return of – People are saying that this has been an interesting offseason slash Seattle didn't take all the players that were expected to be taken. Um, there's a lot of guys who that they could have taken, like especially for my flyers, they could have taken James Van Riemsdyk, who's one of the top forwards. They could have taken him, but instead they don't. Um, their owner, and he's saying that we're going young. 
Um, they're looking for the future. They're not looking if they have a Vegas crazy season. Awesome. But they're not looking for now. They're looking for three years from now to have a character of guys who've been together from the beginning and they're looking to go young. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. You know, they're going to be in a tough division. Um, but yeah, everybody's hoping that they have early, some early success out there as their new, new franchise stepping into the league. Um, Montreal Canadiens signing veteran winger Mike Hoffman to a three-year deal. This is a big move on their part. Um, they're bringing a, a scorer. They have another scorer now on their team. Cole Caulfield isn't going to be relied on to, to pretty much do all the heavy lifting in the scoring department. So it's going to be awesome there. They're also getting back Jonathan Duran, who sat out all year last year with mental health issues. It was undisclosed why he sat out is for personal reasons. But he came out and said that mental health, um, he just needed to take a break from the game. Um, and that's respectable. Um, you know, you work your whole life to get to a certain point. There's obviously got to be some highs and some lows. And when you're in that spot, you need, you know, you got to have the confidence in yourself, just like Simone Biles has done on the Olympic stage. But even in professional sports, when it comes down to your job, if you're not there mentally and you're not, you, you're not doing the best that you could do. So you need to take care of yourself first as a person in order to be able to do the best that you can for your teammates and your team and your fans and all of that. So that team, how people were saying they went to made the playoffs this year at their record. Um, they made some moves to turn that team around. Um, I think they're going to be back in the postseason this season. And I could honestly wouldn't be surprised if they went on another little run. Um, they're keeping their core group together. They are losing Corey Perry, one of their vets. He signed a two-year deal down to Tampa. But um, I, I don't think losing him off your fourth line really hurts you that much. Um, and then the two of the biggest um, things here, St. Louis Blues signed free agent winger from the Colorado Avalanche, Brandon Saad, to a five-year, $22.5 million deal. Big pickup there. Columbus Blue Jackets signed their – one lone defenseman that they have left uh, to a six-year, $57.5 million extension. I was concerned that he was going to be traded as well as they got rid of Seth Jones, their second defenseman. I thought that they were going to get rid of him too and kind of do a rebuild, but it looks like he wants to stay with the team. So they reached an extension there. Um, the New York Rangers acquire winger Ryan Reeves from the Vegas Golden Knights for a 2022 pick. Um, this is going to, this is a very interesting move. Um, the reason that the Rangers did this was for Tom Wilson. Um, so that Ryan Reeves is going to be there to protect the team when they have to face Tom Wilson multiple times a year, multiple times during the season. And the one time that Ryan Reeves did challenge Tom Wilson to do a fight last season, Wilson skated off the ice. So there's going to be some intense battles between these two guys this year. Now that they're inner division, um, <laughs> This is going to be a hell of, hell of a battle to watch. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. And then the most shocking news in the NHL here, longtime Boston Bruins center David Krejci, after 15 seasons, is retiring and leaving the Boston Bruins and returning to, to play in his home country of the Czech Republic. So this is shocking news to the Boston Bruins as they were hoping to keep him on their second line. Um, looks like they lost him, and they have a huge hole to fill now. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Boston does. I know without him, that's a huge, huge hole that they're losing. Um, 
And I don't know. I, I kind of don't know how they're going to recover from this. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. <clears throat> and that's kind of all I've got other than, I guess, one other big thing that I should really mention is um, where I, I just had my eyes on it. Oh, the New Jersey Devils um, are agreeing to a seven-year, $63 million deal with star defenseman Dougie Hamilton. Uh, he's leaving Carolina. That Hurricanes team is kind of disbanded as well. And the New Jersey Devils looking to turn their season around from kind of shit. And they've had two number one picks. They just had a fourth-round pick where they're getting the other Hughes brother. They bring in Dougie Hamilton, who's a very young cat, who's very good. Um, look for this team to potentially – Put their name into the mix to make the postseason and that's really it that's kind of all i got um on the nhl like i said there's so many more trades and stuff and signings that i could have listed but i don't want to bore you guys to death sounds good then um yeah kind of wrapping up the episode on friday here uh with our typical segment we have our feel good friday couple stories lined up for you guys um i'll kick things over to you for your story this week uh so the best thing that i have um for this week that i thought was probably one of the coolest moments in sports um jim ursay um the colts owner yesterday i don't actually know if it was yesterday but that's when the article that i read came out so earlier this week i should say he um since chuck pagano you know the coach went through cancer treatments and came back and they did a whole chuck strong thing um he wanted to do he's heavily involved in donating a lot of his money um he's one of the few billionaires that i hear about and know that actually does super good things with his money and isn't selfish and all that type of stuff so um he wanted to get involved and he's been super involved um in cancer research for a long time so he wanted to do some type of donation type of thing. And it was pretty funny as I heard him tell the story on the Pat McAfee show. Um, he actually wanted to get a hold of Bruce Arians to think what, you know, cause he also was a coach for the Colts. Um, he was, those guys still talk every day. And um, Ursa was explaining how each one of the owners actually has a phone call, has a phone put in their house or whatever from the NFL and they have direct lines to every single team and Goodell, obviously. And so he wanted to get a hold of Bruce Arians. He called him multiple times. And he wasn't answering. So he's like, oh, fuck it. Picked up the emergency phone, dialed down to Tampa. And I forgot who picked up, who he said picked up. But it was somebody that he actually just recently outbid for one of Elton John's pianos. So they're pissed at him. <laughs> so he picked up the phone. And he goes, hey, I need to find Bruce. Like, where's Bruce at? Yada, yada, yada. It was like 20 minutes. They tracked him down, gave him a call back, and they were talking about what they should do for Chuck, you know, to in honor of, like, this event type thing. And Jim was telling him how Chuck Pagano can't shoot free throws for shit. And he, like, was out there for 37 in a row and didn't make one. So Bruce was laughing up a storm. And he goes, well, why don't you just start him out halfway from the free throw mark, let him shoot some, get his confidence up, then move him back to the three, like the free throw line and have him shoot. So what they did was it was $500,000 a shot from halfway from the free throw line that he made was, and he made two of them. So that was a million dollars. And then he, he, when he raised the stakes to a million dollars from free throws, 
he sank the shot. So $2 million is being donated to cancer research centers um, all throughout through Indiana. So um, he said when being talked about what he thinks is most important um, to him and a lot of, he said like a lot of people would say, Oh, it'd be winning three Super Bowls in a row and all this type of stuff. And he said, no, he said the best thing to me on this planet would be to finding a, a, a cure for cancer so that people can everybody can experience a great life and even if you do have that you you know you don't have to battle and struggle as hard as some of these people do and not everybody makes it through so I just feel like he's one of the one of the guys that I really root for and I, I've became a Colts fan you know ever since I've heard him talk the first time about just what he likes being involved in and stuff and I just thought that this moment was really really awesome. Yeah, that's a great story. Again, Chuck Pagano, kind of one of the um, very most charismatic guys. It seemed it seems like on the sidelines, uh, coming back from cancer and not really missing a beat in his time with the Colts. So um, obviously, great to see that comeback story, and also great to see him giving back to um, cancer research and just Indiana as a whole. So yeah, then jumping over to my story. Um, Going back to the NBA draft last night, uh, it was a dream come true for a lot of men seeing their basketball dreams come true, um, though not all were in attendance. Um, in the first round last night, the NBA honored former Kentucky guard Terrace Clark, who passed away from a car accident on April 22nd in L.A. Commissioner Silver announced Clark's name between the 14th and 15th picks last night as Clark's mother, sister, and brother walked across the stage in his honor to receive his draft selection. Um, it's a heartfelt moment during the draft, and Clark's family cannot be proud of Terrace's accomplishment of making it to the NBA. So, um, yeah, it's a great moment to see last night. Again, always sad to see a young man um, have his dreams come short of making it from college to the next step and um, great to see the NBA giving back and still making it come true for him. Yeah, that was um, probably one of the coolest things that I've seen in a long time. Um, yeah, really just makes you appreciate everything you got, you know, being here. So yeah, cool moment. Yeah. So then um that wraps up today's episode. Um, I hope you had any Olympic things to throw out there. I kind of looked around a little bit. I didn't see anything. Um, no, other was... than finally track and fields kicking off. It kicked off last mm -hmm. night in a couple of the events and we'll be in full swing today. So um, that's always one of my favorite things to watch in the Olympics is running stuff because it's just impressive to see what these people can do. For sure. So yeah, then over the weekend, as uh, USA gets more medals on the podium and track and field gets kicked off with their prelims, um, we'll dive into all that on Monday and kind of let you know where the, all that's at. Yeah, and then going to close out the episode just like we have in the past. The current medal count right now, China's in first place with 19 gold medals uh, with a total of 40. Japan's in second with 17 gold medals for a total of 28. And then the United States has now moved down to third with 14 gold medals with a total of 41. So um, China's kind of taken advantage in their events that they normally do, the table tennis, the all of those. And 
you know, the United States has kind of slacked a little bit in the pool where you thought that they'd dominate a lot more in, in the past they have at least. So it's, it's kind of cool to see other countries putting their names on the map of, Hey, we can compete too. Um, it's going to be interesting. You know, China doesn't really have that many people competing in like the, the track and field events. So that's kind of where I think the U S is going to kind of take over. This yeah. They're going to, they're going to sweep they're going to probably have multiple po- people on the podium when it comes to a lot of track and field events. So, um, the golds are what matter though. Yeah. Yeah, th- yeah, that's true. So cool. Cool. <clears throat> yeah. So thanks everyone for stopping by. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe to all of our social media accounts. We appreciate you guys showing up here every single day to hear us talk about sports and just bitch about things. And uh, we hope everybody has a great weekend. Um, There's going to be Olympics, you know, plenty of Olympics to watch. And, yeah, we will be back and see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.